world. It's your boy Pat coming back at you with the next episode of the Hollow Down podcast series. Today we start with episode number six. Gonna bring in the month of November. Wanna thank you for joining in as always. Thank you for listening in, giving a little bit of your time today to enjoy the simplicity of a good conversation. Today is going to be a very enlightening one, in my opinion. Going to bring some things that I guess you would technically discuss um, in the sports world. Um, not your not your your big major sports, but some other things, um, with one little exception. But things that are positive in nature. Things that can seem inspiring, bring some motivation back. And there's, there's a few things that we're going to talk about today, but there's going to be two, two pretty, uh, pretty good stories, a little bit longer than our usual conversations that I'm going to talk about. A little bit more detail. The first of which is regarding an acrobatic pilot by the name of Dario Costa and a spectacular surfer by the name of Izzy Gomez. Of course, the, we'll have a couple other things along the way, but those two in particular are going to provide us some some enlightening stories today. So the episode title today for episode 6 is going to be Perseverance, Passion, and Izzy Gomez. Um, definitely going to cater a little bit more detail to Izzy's story when we get to it. So I feel it's just right that she she land on today's title. Now, um, I know I always tell you guys what, since we do like to do this as a cigar lounge style conversation, usually tell you guys what I'm enjoying in the process of this recording. But today we don't have anything uh, super special. It's just a uh, in-house second. Um, Nothing spectacular, just a, a local shop second. Um, and anybody that's not familiar with the term second, that's just a, uh, um, in a basic explanation, that's just a cigar term of something that was technically imperfect, um, imperfect, 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 that they didn't feel, um, uh, visually or structurally quite met the mark to get a specific label and charge full price for it. They don't want to waste the tobacco so they will sell it at a cheaper price since they're not first place they're seconds and I find a lot of cases uh, sometimes you can get a pretty good smoke um, and you'll find the hiccup along the way whether it's a misshaped um, 
cap, whether it's not packed as well on the inside and you get a little stricter or freer draw of air, or if it's a slight crack and a wrap, anything small, but usually for the price you're paying for them, nobody really, really cares that much um, as long as you know that's what you're doing. So that's, that's what we're doing today. So nothing uh, particular to introduce you to brand name wise. And that'll happen from time to time. I mix it up with the goods and the... And I won't say goods and bads. Mix it up with the budget sticks as well as I do some others. So I want to open today's story with something very short and small just to kind of get the concept going of how our conversation is going to go today. So once again... We hit the title as Perseverance, Passion, and Izzy Gomez. So first of all, let's let's provide the definitions for perseverance and passion. Now these are coming directly off of dictionary.com. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Basically, it's nice when things go right, but they don't always go right. And are you willing to keep going until you meet that success for whatever that goal or purpose is? That is the idea of persistence, is determination of being willing to keep going. And then you have passion. Passion is a strong and barely controllable emotion. That's pretty straightforward. I believe that any human being that's been alive for any time of, um, at all um, understands passion. That can be in love, and that can be in work, that can be in relationships, can be in business. Um, passion can pretty much land itself anywhere. And you can, you'll easily understand if you don't already, why perseverance and passion can pretty much go hand in hand, right? So, we're going to be talking today, and the, the two stories are going to be discussing to individuals that did something or are doing something that they have a high passion for and you can see the fruits of that passion and the earnest in that passion because of the high sense of perseverance that it took to get them to their accomplishments and we'll, we'll get to that in a moment and, and to, to start the day off I want to introduce you to a guy by the name of Doug Rassi. It's R-A-S-S-I, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It has nothing to do with our other, other stories, but he is the CEO of Hollywood Furniture in Syracuse, Indiana. His is a story of perseverance with a purpose. He's got a passion for uh, recycling and keeping the earth clean and just taking care of the earth in general 
And back when Keep America Beautiful was becoming a legitimate campaign for recycling and cleanup, he had an idea and he turned it into a business to create a product. So he was able to make a, a profit for himself while also repurposing a massive amount of plastic. Now he focused on HDPE, which is high density polyethylene. Um, you can find that in um, a lot of products. It's known for being really strong in the terms of plastic. Um, you even have some uh, medium grade body armor that's made out of that type of plastic um, if it's done right. Pretty strong stuff uh, in most cases. It's got a real high ability to, to, to withstand impact. Well, he was able to, to take this stuff and with a partner, he wanted to not just recycle it, but he wanted to focus it on a product. And at the time he focused on the Adirondack chair. That's that, you know, wood style looking uh, lawn chair. Not the one that's got the fabric, you know, this is a sturdy chair. And due to that, he created Hollywood plastic lumber. Um, says today that he primarily uses milk jugs and gets stuff out of the ocean to keep up with his cleaning initiative. Uh, but that one focus, finding his purpose, figuring out that he had a goal to help clean up the place, but also used his passion for it and his drive to come up with a product he's able to use that product and for 30 years now he has been creating a product that people want while also recycling and now they've, they've got several other things that that they do as well um, but basically his goal was to aspire to do something meaningful so obviously uh, an initial Example of passion over something, in this case, keeping the earth clean and healthy, added with perseverance to come up with a solution and created something that 30 years later we are still using um, in many, many cases. That's kind of how our conversations go today. So let's jump right into the first big story, shall we? We're 11 or 12 minutes in at this point. So you've got an idea of what we're doing today and how it's going to go. Definitely matter specs for these cases, right? So both of these stories actually are sourced from recent but different editions out of the Red Bulletin magazine. Um, that is the magazine... Uh, put out by Red Bull so very rarely will you see major stories in here about common sports you know your basketball football now you will you definitely will but they also focus on the type of sports that lean themselves to more ambition more excitement and just different unique styles and 
by no means am I discrediting any of the major uh, sport avenues of America. But just understand that there are different things, right? So this one is Dario Costa. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he's an Italian. Created, accomplished a uh, feat. Um, if I've got my dates right, I think this was pretty recent back in September. So just a couple months ago. At least I'm pretty sure that was September of 2021, not 2020. But either way, his idea landed him with five flight records, world records. I'll tell you what they are and then we'll go talk about them. So with this one flight that only took 45 seconds, I don't know if only is going to be the right word here. Because it's going to be, you're going to see that this was a pretty, uh, pretty suspenseful 45 seconds. 43.44 seconds if we're being exact. These five records. Number one, the longest tunnel flown through with an airplane. 5,675.8 feet for 1,730 meters. Number two, the first airplane flight ever through a tunnel. Number three, the longest flight under a solid obstacle. Same distance is 1,730 meters or 5,675.8 feet. Number four, the first airplane flight through two tunnels. And number five, the first airplane takeoff from a tunnel. Now, anybody that's a movie buff is automatically going to believe that this is um, a load of crap. Um, but, we'll put it this way. If anybody has ever actually done this before, they kept it a secret, didn't tell nobody, didn't get it documented, didn't even speak of it to a soul. Because so far, everything that has been done in movies, the flights in tunnels, under tunnels, um, have been CGI due to major safety concerns, as you can imagine. Just like in a lot of those movies, we see fatal crashes and the like. This has not been accomplished. So let's go back and talk about his story a little bit. So this, this feat happened, uh, like I said, I believe it was back in September of this year, 2021, in Istanbul, Instum uh, in Turkey. Um, and I'm gonna, hopefully I'm pronouncing these tunnel names right, but it's the uh, Katalka tunnels, the west, uh, towards the west of Istanbul. These tunnels are part of a major highway called the Northern Marmara Highway that uses this stretch to link Europe to Asia. So it was a lot of traffic, um, very heavily used area of roadway. His goal was to attempt something that has only existed in, in comic books and in Hollywood films and special effects. His goal was to fly a plane through the hillside where these tunnels were constructed through. In doing so, he would only be 30 inches above the asphalt. So far, every case like this has been done with CGI or special effects because your safety clearance is so minimal 
it's obviously a high-risk uh, stunt to pull off. So Costa said that nobody had ever done it for real, so he just wanted to see if it was possible. And Costa um, is an Italian hero. Uh, I did remember that correctly. He's actually a world-class aerobatic and race pilot. Um, does some moonlighting as a as a movie stunt car driver, so he's used to risks and special effects. And in fact, it says his most recent gig at the time of this article was filming with Tom Cruise for Mission Impossible 7. So definitely in the world of high risk, high risk stunts. Nothing that's going to be new to him. So, so that his uh, plan was to take off from inside the first tunnel, fly through the second tunnel, just to see if he could do it. His aircraft is a Zivco Edge 540. It's a tailwheel plane specifically made for aerobatics, which tailwheel is just what it sounds like. It's where the, the wheel is actually mounted to the tail. So when the ones that you see on the ground, they're, the nose is up, tail's down. He said that actually uh, <clears throat> made for a higher risk situation at the beginning of this endeavor because his uh, initial flight path, he's basically blind because he's sitting in the cockpit, the nose is faced up at an angle because his tail's down the ground. So you can't really see anything. Um, so basically, um, he doesn't have much room to, to move in either direction. So that adds some intensity to it. His flight technician um, pretty much explained that there was no margin for error. And I'm not going to give you uh, specific numbers here. Feel free to go look this up. I'm sure, uh, sure it's made it around the internet by now. But basically, you've got less than three meters on each side of his, uh, I think that's correct. Uh, let's see here. It does say, so let me give you an idea at least. Um, okay, so there's about four meters to either side, three meters above, above and uh, less than three meters below. So it does not have very much space for air here. It says there's a, a lot of things to consider. And he's only got 45 seconds to consider all of those options mid-flight because that's how long it was going to take him from takeoff until he exited the second tunnel, which was almost a mile and a half away. But the perseverance of today, right? Said so this flight began long before that clock ever started ticking. He was one year old when he was first introduced to aviation, um, 1979, back during the Iranian Revolution. <clears throat> says his uh, mother was Persian and his father was Italian, but they had to flee to, to England where uh, Dario was actually born. And he was told, he, well basically he was introduced to aviation for various reasons when he was one year old. Had an, in, uh, an interest for it as a kid, but he was always told that he wasn't born into the right family. He didn't have the, the, the right financial situation. Um, was straight up told it was impossible. He wouldn't be able to do it. It was a passion of his 
to do something in aviation to fly so his perseverance kicked in immediately said it just pushed him to prove everybody wrong and I admire those kind of people you know say that you can't do something instead of you know laying down in defeat keep trying he was able to eventually get into a high school that specializes sorry about that specializes in aviation um, school close to uh, let's see I'm not even going to try to pronounce this because um, I will brutally destroy um, this name, the school's name. But he conducted his first solo flight at the age of 16. Unfortunately, didn't have money to, to really continue. So when he ran out of money, he was forced to stop. However, the club where he was doing his training needed a teacher because he had already made a nickname for himself. They asked if he would teach and work there in exchange for free flying hours. So he did whatever he could, took care of the planes, fueled them, whatever they needed him to do, he did. Said uh, He completed the course at the club in 2003 and soon realized that his uh, goal for commercial aviation may not be where he needed to land. It says a friend showed him a video of the Red Bulls air race. And if you haven't seen anything regarding a Red Bull air race, take a second and go jump on YouTube when this is over and watch some videos. That's some incredible stunts. Um, some of it's for show, some of it is for speed, some of it is very intense competition. Um, something I've actually, not that I've kept up with, but I have watched um, periodically for several years. And it's some pretty amazing stuff that these uh, guys and girls can do. So after he saw that, says uh, everything he did was to get to that point and, and do the same thing himself. Gave him some pretty strong inspiration. So he later got... Um, got over to Milan. He took over the role of chief instructor at Aero Club Milano. He's finally able to, to start honing his, his skills, still keeping his perseverance going. Well, in 2013, after he secured and in, secured the Italian national championship, fall, the call finally came from Red Bull Air Race. But it wasn't asking him to race just yet. They offered him a job as a flight operations manager and a development pilot. So he accepted the job because that's one step closer. But his calling was still to actually be the one to fly. Well, fast forward a few years to 2018. He was finally called up to the Challenger class, which is one of the uh, proving grounds to try to get into uh, the world championships. Well, in his second race, he finished on the podium. And the next year, he claimed his first win in Hungary. Uh, says that he was the first Italian to ever do so. It took him 15 years to actually win his first aerobatic race. But he did it because he didn't give up. So, at this point, 
he's been able to do what he wanted. He's been able to do a lot of things. <clears throat> Got a lot of flight time under him. <clears throat> and he's been able to do some pretty cool competition racing. But he wanted to do something more. Wanted to do something that would stand out. And by chance, someone at uh, Red Bull in Turkey messaged him asking if he would consider flying through a tunnel. <clears throat> Random. Didn't know what was uh, the purpose of it. But he said, find me one and I will fly through it. And that's where the uh, Katalka tunnels came up. Now, to give you a little bit, like I said before, his uh, quoted subterranean flight set five different world records in just three quarters of a minute. Now, your first tunnel, from takeoff to the end of the tunnel, 951 feet there is about an 11 little over 1100 second um, sorry 1100 foot section out in the open air on the highway and then you've got the second tunnel which is just under 5700 feet long from takeoff to spin off to getting outside of the tunnel took him 26 seconds. Another five and a half seconds in the open airway, and then 11 and a half seconds in the tunnel. Total flight time was 43.44 seconds. Doesn't seem like long, but when you've only got a couple meters on each side of you, above and below you, to work with, flying at full speed, that's a long 11 and a half seconds. said his attention to detail had to anticipate how his plane might have behaved in the tunnels. So he did a lot of preparing to get ready for this. So keep in mind, it doesn't say exactly when he was contacted, but um, I, I want to say it was in 2018, the way that this information is laid out. And he didn't actually fly through the tunnels till 2021 so you got a potential of a three-year mark just to complete this and he's got years of experience as an aerobatic flight pilot said all that he was expecting completing this 45 seconds was just a, a massive sense of peace right um, in fact he says we're not birds our bodies were not made for flying so whatever we do we have to learn it the day that I stop learning is the day I will not fly again. So everything in his life has basically been a massive source of passion for him and some perseverance, a lot of perseverance from the age of one before he even realized what he was doing. But from the time he was introduced to aviation to, to keep pushing, to keep going, and he was finally able to to complete his goal. So if you want to look up more and, and get some images and, and see what's up with this thing, um, go look up Dario Costa. D-A-R-I-O-C-O-S-T-A. And look up this, this flight through the tunnels. It is definitely not something to scoff at or underestimate. 
So now let's jump over to the second story. No time to waste, right? Got good stories today. The second one is not something of an interesting feat, like Dario. I mean, technically it is, but it's not a single, single uh, feat that we're gonna discuss. This is something that is uh, much bigger in the passion level. Still have perseverance involved, but this is a story more of finding your goals, finding your passion, and pushing as hard as possible towards those goals. And with every pun intended is how to manage the waves as they crash down on you. Because that is exactly what Izzy Gomez has done. Izzy Gomez is a world championship surfer. In fact, she never wanted to be. That's what's crazy about this whole thing is something that she never imagined, but it became a passion of hers and something that she could not back down on. Now there's a famous picture of her and I'm currently looking at it right now. Uh, they, they did put this in the Red Bulletin magazine as well. This was taken back in January of this year, 2021. <clears throat> Shows her on her board surfing, navigating a 30-foot wave uh, just off of Maui's North Shore. It's a place that is uh, called Jaws because the waves there tend to be pretty flawless and create a perfect uh, devastating wall. The it says that the the waves there are so strict that are so strong that most people can't just paddle out to it and so far on a full swell nobody has managed to, to do that that anybody's aware of so it takes a partner to pull you out on a jet ski uh, seeing swing off and jet ski ditches gets out but this was the first time that Gomez had actually gotten towed into jaws on a big swell she'd gone out on a few ones but hadn't been able to hit a big wave yet just a matter of timing of course so she gets out there says the moment she let go of the rope switch flipped in her head and she was entirely concentrated on the moment and she succeeded you want to see this wave it's like I told you to go look a picture up for Dario go look up Izzy Gomez that is I-Z-Z-I and try to find her picture um, on this 30-foot wave uh, at Jaws in Maui now she's a five-time world champion in stand-up paddleboard surfing and she's only 21 maybe 22 by now I'm not I didn't go look up her birthday or anything so she's she's pretty young and she's accomplished a lot of things so listen to her story it's crazy that she succeeded in a few things from a passion she never really intended to have got her start on Anna Maria Island seven mile sliver of land cuts off the Gulf Coast of Florida that's where she learned to surf her grandfather Jim Brady opened the West Coast surf shop back in 1964 
She says that's where the surf heritage is in her family. Until the age of five, she lived on this island. Remembers the small town as a little kid. Her parents split up, so everything changed, right? Well, her brother was into various competition-style surfing, something she really wasn't into. But at the age of eight, she followed her brother into contest surfing. Even though she loved competing, she really didn't take surfing especially serious. One of those things that she started doing because it's what her family did. Their family was involved in surfing. But she ended up making a name for herself, realized how good she really was and had a few people there to to pull her up along the way. And Gomez now, um, part-time model and uh, full-time surfer, wants to use her story and her accidental source of, I don't know if it's accidental, but her, her unexpected source of passion for the sport and for perseverance and coming up She wants that to be a role model for other girls coming up in the sport to realize that it's something that you can definitely do. At an early age, Gomez had a major disadvantage with a growth spurt. Doesn't sound like a disadvantage, but it is in surfing. Because her competitors had smaller bodies, they were lighter, they could surf faster, turn more radically in small waves. So it gave them the advantage when it comes to competing and scoring in times. So in 2013, uh, still 13 years of age, she quit competing in shortboard events altogether. But then her brother, Giorgio, began competing in stand-up paddleboard. He picked up a sponsorship from a company called Starboard. And since she had followed him originally... She said, well, let's see what this is about. They were at an event in Orlando, or a photo shoot, rather. The associate publisher for a journal saw her ride and was super impressed with her skills. Well, she had no idea she was even good at stand-up boards. So, hence we are to a a new career. So she starts... On a whim, following her brother's footsteps, and now she has somebody point out that she's good when she doesn't realize it. <clears throat> At Huntington Beach there in 2013, keep in mind, 13 years of age, she won her first Surfing World Tour event. And Starboard, the same company that signed her brother, also signed her up as well. That spurred her to win five world championships on the SUP Surfing World Tour between 2014 and 2019. <clears throat> she's like, basically, if she's going to do this, she's going to go win. She's, she's going to do it or, or not, you know? Well, in 2014, which was her first full year in the sport, she won the title after snapping up victories in four of the tour's five events. So her very first year full-time she starts in 2013 her very first season wins 80 percent of the events wins a national title 
Well, at the age of 15, she began working with a sports psychologist to learn how to better acknowledge her doubts, her personal doubts, so she could work with them to stay positive, to stay on the right track. Because, yeah, she's succeeding, but this isn't something she ever planned to do. It's not something she expected to do. You know, pretty much everything has been something that she wasn't planning on, and somebody else pushed her by telling her that she was adequate, she was good enough, and she was excelling at these things. Her satisfaction was coming from the work and the process, not necessarily her titles and her wins. She needed something new. She was winning too easy. She had the five world titles, but every time the satisfaction was a little bit less. And, and they say that there's very few surfers who attempt to transition from one style to another, specifically stand-up paddleboard, to actually go into full surfing, which is what she does now. It's very rare. Well, it took her two years of work before she was able to accomplish hitting that wave in Maui, that 30-foot wave. She did a lot of work, a lot of workouts, a lot of activity, and a lot of training. She actually stopped competing altogether in stand-up paddleboarding because she was training so well, she was doing so well, she literally felt that the, the results and the wins were coming too easy. So she wanted to go to big wave, big wave surfing um, to get her a renewal and a goal. And that is something we can definitely take away. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't feel satisfied with the little things that you accomplish always push to your next goal. So fast forward to 2020, just before the COVID shutdown, she won a big contest in Morro Bay, um, which was a stepping stone to the world championship tour qualifying rounds, realized she can do this. There's more that she can accomplish. Here we go, here's my next goal. And now she has her eye on the 2024 Olympic surf event, which is uh, planned to be in Tahiti. So we'll, we'll have to watch out for her in a, in a couple years. Now she actually did try. Um, she made the, there was one qualifying event um, in El Salvador, the ISA World Surfing Games back in May of this year. Says uh, her father still retains his Colombian citizenship, so she was able to go in for the trials there. But her board broke uh, during her uh, during her preheat, so um, it put her into her hopes, kind of knocked her out to begin with. So she uh, is going to be aiming for the 2024 event in Tahiti. And since we're talking about perseverance, well, in August she finally had surgery to to correct. Um, to correct a couple of things in a hit misalignment. She won the Morro Bay qualifying event with that injury. She went through that event, dealt with the pain, dealt with the hip issue because she wasn't going to miss it, won the title, and now she's going to go take care of herself. Now, part of why she wants to, to be positive is she realizes expectations that come with being a female athlete um, due to social media realizes her ambitions do not come easily and that's because she wants to accomplish something that's unmatched in surfing 
realizes her results don't add up to happiness in life, that it's never enough to just win, it's never enough just to finish, never enough just to succeed. She wants to be happy and have joy. And what she realizes is that it's the experiences along the way and the adventures that you share is what brings true joy in your life. So understanding the passion to have the perseverance helps you enjoy the process, enjoy the day at a time, enjoy the steps. So go look up Izzy Gomez. She's going to be, even if you don't like surfing, she's got a fantastic story. So she's she's got some interesting facts to her life. And every time that she had to change, realized she wasn't good, she found the next goal to, to succeed in and push forward. And ultimately, it appears that she's found her niche to the point that it's not enough. She needs something bigger, needs something better. But the thing that caught my attention at the end of her story is her realizing it's not what she did, it's how she got there and the process it took her. The travel to these places, the travel to all of your your steps. And that's really the true meaning of travel. And that's that's what we're going to close out today is just like Izzy Gomez. The true meaning of travel in general, and now we're, now we're going to generalize things, is the satisfaction from the traveling, not the realization of the destination. Pico Iyer is an author of over 15 books, namely The Art of Stillness and A Beginner's Guide to Japan, various things. He understands that the luxury of experience and encounters with the own unknown or unexpected is really what brings us joy in travel. He even references the American explorer Henry David Thoreau, who's quoted to say that it matters not where or how far you travel, the farther commonly the worse, but it's how much alive you are. And that's because to travel is to find a destination. Sorry. To travel is to find that the destination is the least important part of any journey. So whether you're going by yourself or you're going with friends or family or a loved one, doesn't matter. Going somewhere is fine. Going somewhere is awesome. But it's how you get there. And learning to find wonder everywhere is a talent. Because to travel, as Pico says, to travel means ultimately nothing more than coming back home to a slightly different person from the one who left. And I think that right there is encapsulating of this entire conversation today. You know, we've got some interesting stories. You've got some enlightenment. But passion, perseverance, adventure, positivity, determination, experience, adventure, traveling. All of this can be wrapped up 
and prove that one's personality can ultimately be the source of your ability to be happy and to have joy. Whether you have the ability to be a rock star like these two individuals on a global scale, or you're just gonna be a rock star to your own family, be happy with what you do, find joy in the process and the steps along the way, and you will find your purpose, your source of center, and you'll ultimately be in a better place overall. So take these stories like Dario and Izzy and realize that perseverance is something to strive for, but figure out your passion, figure out your purpose, and take positive steps in that direction. And that's where we're gonna wrap it up today, guys. I wanna hear your thoughts, I wanna hear your, your returns, I wanna hear your suggestions. Send me an email, thehollowdown at gmail.com. I wanna hear from you guys. But until next time, stay safe, fam.